Good morning. Good to be with you this morning. Hey, before we get started, I have a couple announcements to make. First, we need to celebrate a little bit uh, this morning. We had a baptism last week, right after our worship service. Peyton Markham, and I think Peyton is here in the back row back there. Peyton is a, a friend and classmate of Amora Shelton, and last week Jeremy was privileged to, to baptize his daughter's friend into Christ. So be sure and meet Peyton and welcome her to the family. Also, uh, I have another announcement. Uh, the youth group is participating in a back-to-school, back-to-school school supply drive, I guess, in association with a Door of Hope. Uh, Door of Hope is an organization that works with foster children. And Jackie Hudson, actually, is the one who sort of uh, alerted Derek to this need and this opportunity. And what they need are school supplies, and they need money to buy those school supplies. So Derek and the youth group decided that would be a great project for them to work at, and it'd be a great project for us to be included in as well. So if you would like to donate monetarily to that project, uh, it's um, a door of hope. But you can give your money to Jackie or Derek, or there's a freestanding box right at the right of the door when you walk in that has some information there as well. The deadline is next Sunday. So all you who wait till the last minute, you're right on time, okay? But the deadline is next Sunday, so I want to make you aware of that. As I begin this morning, i got a question for you. Have you ever let fear keep you from going somewhere that you really wanted to go? Yes, okay. Heard a story about a man who, who was really wanting to go on a vacation, but he was scared to death of flying. So he was talking to a friend of his, and the friend just happened to be a statistician. And he asked his friend, what are the odds of a bomb being on the same plane that I'm on? Because, you know, I hear all these things about hijackers and terrorists and all these things. His friend said, listen, with, with, the, with the things that are in place now, all the security, chances of a bomb being on a plane with you, like one in a million. The guy said, so what are the chances of two bombs being on the same plane? And the guy said, two bombs on the same plane, statistically, zero. It'll never happen. About a month later, they run into each other again. The statistician friend asks him, hey, did you ever go on that vacation that you were wanting to go to? He said, yeah, I did. It was fantastic. He said, well, how did you overcome your fear of flying? He said, oh, that was easy. Every time I boarded a plane, I took a bomb with me. Now, that's a joke, okay? Your preacher is not suggesting that you take a bomb on a plane, or anywhere else for that matter. But I'll ask the question again. Have you ever allowed fear to keep you from going somewhere that you really wanted to go? Because you really wanted that job, but you never went to the interview because you were too afraid. You really wanted to go to that school, but you never even filled out the application because you were afraid you wouldn't be accepted. You really wanted to ask her out, but you didn't have the courage to pick up the phone and give her a call. I guess all of us can think of times in our lives when we have allowed fear to keep us from doing something or going somewhere that we really wanted to do, some place where we really wanted to go. 
There was an exhaustive study a few years ago on the psychology of regret. And what the researchers found out was that in the moment, if you ask someone in the moment, do you regret what you did or what you didn't do, in the moment, by slim margin, 53% to 47%, people would say, in the moment, I regret what I did. But if you talk to somebody and ask them to look back over their entire life, you know, the long haul of this thing, by an overwhelming majority percentage, 84 to 16%, almost 4 to 1, people will say, the things I regret most aren't what I did. They're those things that I didn't do. Whether I didn't have the time, didn't make the time, or I was just too fearful to do it. And it probably comes as no surprise that many Christians, many churches as well, find themselves in that same place. Fear of being where we want to be. Fear of doing what it takes to be where we want to be. Because the thing is, it will always be easier. And it will always be safer to be cautious rather than fearless. We just came off the sermon series talking about the armor of God. And you know, we all can agree, I hope, that because of the strength of, of the Lord and because of the mighty power of God that we can be, in fact, we've been called to be fearless. As you see, we're kicking off a, a new sermon series uh, this summer called Fearless. And we're going to spend a few weeks talking about my second favorite person in the Old Testament, Joshua. And I will say this. When I started putting together this series, I had no idea that Don Webster was going to be teaching a Sunday class on the life of Joshua. And Don had no idea when he was preparing his class that I was preparing a sermon series on the life of Joshua. What are the chances, right? But what that means is if you're in Don's class, if you watch Don's class online, you're going to get a double dose of this amazing story about this amazing man. And I will guarantee that neither of us, or both of us combined, are going to exhaust all the wonderful thoughts and applications from the life of man Joshua. So, the book of Joshua opens with the children of Israel standing at a river, standing in front of a great opportunity. But it was going to take courage to claim that opportunity. Joshua chapter 1 starts this way. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Now this promise actually goes a lot further back than Moses. It goes back to Abraham. 400 years earlier, God had promised Abraham that he and his descendants would inherit a land. In fact, of all the land and all the earth, all the world, God decided this was the piece of land that this grand story of redemption was going to play out. So God considers this a done deal. I am giving. I will give. God tells the Israelites, you're not there yet, but that's your land. It's kind of like when, when you buy a house and you close on the deal. You don't live in the house yet, but that's your house. And God says, it's time to turn ownership by promise into ownership by possession. 
And Joshua, oh boy, Joshua, he's been waiting for this moment for 40 years. 40 years earlier, children of Israel were rescued out of Egypt. They were led across the Red Sea on dry land. They came to this exact same spot, to this same river. And they send 12 spies in to spy out the promised land. Joshua and his friend Caleb were, were part of that group of 12 spies. Ten of those spies came back and said, Ooh, it's too hard. Too dangerous. And they said, We can't do it. And the Israelites all sided with those 10 spies. We can't do it. And God says, Okay, stay where you are then. Stay on that side of the river. And for the next 40 years, you know what Joshua did? He did two things. He walked around in circles and he attended funerals. Hey, I think we've been past this rock before. Time for a funeral. Those, those trees look familiar to me. Time for a funeral. And now, 40 years later, God has brought him back to the same place. And he's asking them the same question. Do you want what I am willing to give? Same question. Do you want what I am willing to give? Are you going to be cautious? Or are you going to be fearless? And by the way, the situation hasn't gotten any safer. In fact, I would argue the situation is actually more dangerous than it was 40 years earlier. Moses is gone. Moses is dead. That new generation that's grown up, they're not used to battle. The giants that were, still, they were, they were there 40 years ago, they haven't gotten any smaller. The fortified cities... They haven't gotten any weaker. The people that were living there, they still didn't want to leave. It's not like they sent a message to Joshua saying, hey, give us a week or two, we'll be out of here. You, know, you guys walk in. No. If Joshua is going to claim this land for the Lord, they're going to have to drive the people out. They're going to have to conquer the Canaanites, which means they're going to have to conquer their fears. And so three times in the very first chapter, God says... Be strong and courageous. Thank you, Joel, for leading that song. Be strong and courageous. Don't be like you were the last time you were in this same spot. Don't be afraid like you were the last time. And here's a principle that's going to keep showing up over and over again in this story. And it's going to keep showing up over and over again in this uh, uh, sermon series as well. In order for us to possess all that God wants us to have, we're going to have to be fearless. God told those people, I will give you everywhere you put your foot. You have as much as you want, but you're going to have to have the courage to go get it. Now, I'm going to give it to you, but you've got to go claim it. I think God is still saying that same thing to his people today. I am convinced that, that there is such a, a bigger, grander inheritance for us than we are realizing. An inheritance that was secured by the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. We possess it, but we don't always possess it. Now, it's ours, but we don't always claim it. Two weeks ago, Brittany Legrand came into my office, and she said, wow, you've got a lot of books in here. Have you read all these books? Which is a pretty presumptuous question to ask a preacher, I think. <laughs> but I told Brittany, I have read some 
of all these books. I have read all of some of these books, but no, I have not read all of all of these books. I possess all of them, but I don't possess all of them. Some of you have gift cards that you have never redeemed. You possess it, but you don't really possess it. You pay every month to go to a uh, gym that you haven't been to in months. You possess it, but you don't really possess it. You know, God didn't figuratively call us out of Egypt for us just to wander and wander and wander in the wilderness. He called us out of Egypt in order to lead us to the promised land, to lead us to a life of faithfulness and fruitfulness, the life he wants us to live. Yet so many people, so many Christians, spend their lives dreaming about the life that might be. Too many times we allow Satan to illegitimately possess what God has declared belongs to us. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be a stuck Christian. I don't want to be part of a stuck church. I don't want to stay on the wrong side of the river. And to that point, I'll say this. No, no Christian ever kind of drifts into the promised land. Okay? You don't accidentally fall into the promised land. We've got to be intentional about that. It's going to take a plan. And we've got to work the plan. We've got to go do it. And that's what God is telling Joshua. Look again at verse 6. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. So the first thing that God is going to teach Joshua about courage is people who are fearless don't just see what is. They see what could be. Pay attention now. <laughs> People who are fearless don't just settle for what they have because they see the potential for so much more. That's Joshua. For 40 years, he wandered in the wilderness with all the others. But Joshua never lost the vision of the life he and God's people could be experiencing, the life they could be leading. See, here's the thing. The first time Joshua and that group got to the river... Uh, went across the river with those, you know, those 12 spies go into the land. They all saw the same thing. But they came back with different perspectives. You know, those 10 spies came back and said, the people there are really, really big. And, and the land, uh, the, the cities there are, are really, really strong. And it's going to be really, really hard. And everybody got scared. But Joshua and Caleb saw the exact same thing, but they saw it through the eyes of faith and vision. Because it wasn't just what they saw that inspired them. It's what they heard that inspired them as well. Because God told them, he had, in fact, he'd sworn to them, that's your land. I am giving you that land. So Joshua and Caleb interpreted what they saw through the filter of what they'd heard, through the filter of God's promise. Those other ten spies, they didn't even think about God's promise. They never brought God into the equation. They just said, too big, too strong, can't do it. In fact, 
Scripture says that their report was an evil report. They gave an evil report. Now here's the thing. Nothing they said was untrue. Those ten spies, everything they said was factual. The people were big. The cities were tall. It was going to be hard. The report wasn't evil because it was false. The report was evil because it was faithless. They had completely left God out of the equation. So, let's fast forward to today. Let's leave those sorry, faithless Israelites you know, back there. Listen, you will always be able to find a reason to stay right where you are. You'll always be able to come up with reasons why you should be able to stay, why you should stay right where you are and settle for less. You'll be able to come up with a spreadsheet full of facts why you should attend nothing, risk nothing, give nothing, volunteer nothing, serve no one. But fearless followers of God don't live by excuses. We live by faith. We live by promises. And we just came off this series where we're reminded of just how real the battle is and how strong the enemy is. You look around your neighborhood. You know, look around the world, but let's bring it down to us. You know, Hillsborough County, Tampa. And boy, it seems like Satan has taken over, right? I mean, it's just evil. There, there's so much heartache, so much chaos. It appears that, that Satan has completely taken over. No. He hasn't. Hillsborough County, Pinellas County, wherever you live, the land where you are, your neighborhood belongs to God. Tampa is God's city, and God is saying, I will give you as much as you want. How much of this city do you want? Because faithfulness is not holding down the fort. Faithfulness is pushing back the gates of hell. But in order for us to step into those promises, we've got to store up those promises. Notice what God says to Joshua next. This is so unexpected. Verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will, will be with you wherever you go. You say, okay, what's so unexpected about that? Well, Joshua is about to launch the largest military campaign in the history of the Israelite nation, and God hasn't given him one single piece of military advice. You know what God's advice to Joshua was? Get in my word. That was God's advice. Meditate on it day and night, because courage is fueled by the word of God. The last time the Israelites were there at the doorstep of the promised land, they were listening to different voices. They were listening to voices that were fearful, voices of despair, voices that said, we can't do this. So God told Joshua, do not let this book of law depart from your mouth. 
If you're going to be fearless for the Lord, you've got to be immersed in the Word. Because if you are not immersed in the Word, you're going to find yourself in a situation where you need courage and you're going to have nothing. Because you haven't stored up in your heart the Word of God. We're going to be people of courage. We've got to be people of truth. And it's interesting. God didn't instruct Joshua to put this word in his heart. He said, put these words in your mouth. Don't just keep God's word in your heart. Put it on your lips. Listen, we get bold when the word of God is in our heart. We get fearless when the word of God is spoken. When it goes to our lips. This week, you're going to find yourself faced with temptations. And you're going to have to decide, am I going to be cautious? Or am I going to be fearless? You're going to find yourself with some opportunities to brag about Jesus to someone. Not in an obnoxious way, but just to tell someone, you know, Jesus changed my life. You know, I've been blessed by the Lord. Are you going to be cautious? Or are you going to be fearless? Let me share one more kind of neat thing about the beginning of this story, and it has meaning for us. As they approach the river, there, there's uh, two and a half tribes, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, that says, hey, you know, this is really good pasture land on this side of the river, and God gave us this land as well. Would it be all right if we just stay here? And the answer is, yeah, you can, but first, you're going to have to help your brothers and sisters. They come to this critical moment, and, and notice what Joshua reminds the people. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you. And until they, too, have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. This was really important for the Israelites. This is really important for us. Fearlessness is exhibited through unity. You know, the one thing that could have derailed the Israelites' victory was division in the camp. So Joshua tells these two and a half tribes, you got yours. Now you fight with us till everyone gets theirs. You can't rest until the rest of us rest. Now I'll give you an example of this in the kind of our time, at least the spirit of this. Uh, just a couple years ago, on a beach in Panama City, Two siblings, aged 8 to 11, you might have seen this in the news, uh, got caught in a riptide and got pulled out to sea. Their dad was watching them, so he immediately goes after them. He gets caught in the same riptide, gets pulled out. Family members there, they were watching the whole thing. They immediately go try to, to help their family members. They get caught in the same riptide and get pulled out. You know, and we know exactly how dangerous that can be. And that's when some fellow beachgoers kind of came to the rescue. They went into the water. They linked arms. They formed a, a human chain. Started off with like five or six people. 
It ended up with over 70 people in this human chain. People who came together. Very different people. People who didn't know each other. Young, old, white, black, rich, poor. All came together to save people that they didn't know. By the way, it took almost an hour, but every one of those family members was rescued. And I think in a lot of ways that's what the church should look like, right? A group of people who come together, who link arms, very different people in a lot of ways, but with the same motivation, the same object, object to save people who are drowning and probably don't even know it. We need to be like those two tribes, two and a half tribes. Notice their response to Joshua. Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. And then in verse 17, they tell Joshua, only be strong and courageous. These two and a half tribes, they come to Joshua and say, hey, count us in. We are in this thing together. We are all, from top to bottom, everybody, we're going to have to be strong and courageous together. We're going to have to be fearless together to possess what God has claimed to be ours. There's a thought that we're going to keep coming back to over and over again in this series, and it's chapter 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When you leave the auditorium this morning, I want everyone to take that verse with them. Literally, okay? When you leave this morning, there's going to be some people out in the, in the lobby here with, uh, with that. Actually, it's a, we have a bunch of uh, magnets uh, with that image on it and that verse. And I did that because I want you to take that home and put it on your refrigerator. If you're like me, that means something has to come off your refrigerator. <laughs> but I want that to go on your refrigerator this week. And I want it to stay there through this series at least because I want us to be reminded to be strong and courageous. Not to be terrified. I don't know how often during the week you get terrified but I bet there's some times during the week you get discouraged to be reminded that the Lord our God will be with us wherever we go. I think I've got enough of those magnets for every refrigerator represented here today to have a, a magnet on it uh, by this evening. You know, God promises to be with us when we go. So let's go. Let's go where the Spirit of God is leading we haven't been called by God to wander in the wilderness around in circles. Nor have we been called by God to, to wonder if God is big enough, if God is strong enough, if God is able to deliver on the promises that He's making. Our God is greater than funerals. Even Moses' funeral. Our God is mightier than rivers. Even the Jordan River at flood stage. Our God is bigger than, than fortified cities, even cities like Jericho. And he's bigger than the biggest of giants. Fearless Christians, fearless churches, believe that the God who got us here 
can get us there. And none of us want to stand before God one day and try to explain why we settled for a life that was really nothing like the life that he was offering. None of us want to be stuck on the wrong side of the river. We want to possess all that God has promised. And God has promised more than we could ask or imagine. So we need to fearlessly claim it. Because if he did it once, he'll do it again. This morning, if you've got a a prayer request, if you've got something on your heart that you want to share with the family here, we're going to invite you to come to the front and and share that with us. Let's go ahead and be standing uh, and we'll sing.